Are you ready to embrace a little stillness? Some rest for your soul today. Welcome to the Sweet Sela Moments Podcast, where we stop and study God's words and encourage one another to know Him better and love Him more. The Sweet Sela Moments Podcast is brought to you by Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. Welcome to the Sweet Sela Moments Podcast. We are studying the book of Nehemiah together this fall, and today's episode has a most intriguing title. This is episode 55, Planning the Impossible with God. Well, Sharon, what's this all about? (laughs) Planning, I understand, but the impossible? Tell us more. (laughs) (laughs) Nicole, I love the audacity of Nehemiah. He combines spunk and spontaneity and big, huge dreams with careful planning. Mm. You don't usually see that in one person, you know? They're they're either big on dreaming up schemes that then don't come to fruition because of poor planning, or they plan themselves to death in safe little boxes, (laughs) you know? It's one or the other. (laughs) He's either a visionary or a planner. Nehemiah kind of did it all. I want to dig right into the passage today, but first, can you summarize the story so far for us? Yeah. So the first chapter of Nehemiah opens up to find Nehemiah in the king's service as his cupbearer. His brother returned from Judah to give him the report of the state of Jerusalem as two groups of Jews have already returned to their homeland. And the report was not good. The wall had been torn down and the gates had been destroyed by fire. When Nehemiah heard this, he mourned and fasted and prayed to God for days. So we're going to pick up the story in chapter 2 now. Um, Sharon, it it divides so tidily into two sections. I'll start with section 1, which is verses 1 through 10, and then you can pick it up in the other section. All righty. Okay, so we're going to start with verse 2. Nehemiah goes to Jerusalem. In the following spring, in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, Why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified. But I replied, Long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried in is in ruins, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, well, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, if it please the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the wall where my ancestors are buried. The king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked, how long will you be gone? When will you return? After I told him how long I would be gone, the king agreed to my request. I also said to the king, if it pleases the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I will need it to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress, for for the city walls, and for a house for myself. And the king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. When I came to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, I delivered the king's letters to them. The king, I should add, had sent along army officers and horsemen to protect me. But when Samballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard of my arrival, they were very displeased that someone had come to help the people of Israel. Do you see what I mean by impossible? (laughs) 
planning. Wow. It's stunning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As Nehemiah prayed and wept over those broken down walls of Jerusalem long before he approached the king, he must have started developing this plan because mm. when he spoke to the king, the plan was in place. He was ready. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right, so I'm just going to list them, Nicole, because it's <laughs> this is so many. This is wild. Yeah. I can't imagine anybody going up to their employer, especially, oh, the high sovereign king of everything, right. you know, and doing this. Oh, all right, <laughs> number one. The first impossible thing is actually the request itself. Uh, pardon me, could I just quit my job for, oh, I don't know, a year or more and go rebuild a broken down wall in my conquered city instead of serving you? I know. <laughs> that alone was a big ask for Nehemiah. As we talked about in the last podcast, he could have been imprisoned or put to death for that request. Yeah. So that's impossible to begin with. Yeah. Hi, I'd like to quit my job for a year. Yes. You don't mind, do you? Yeah. <laughs> Number two, I was pretty much stunned that when the king asked how long it would take, Nehemiah had an estimate ready for him. I mean, this is a planner. Oh, yeah. I would have been like uh, thinking in my head quickly, I don't know, how long would it take? You know, trying to add it up. Never thought of that. Like an estimate. He had it ready. He's like, (laughs) yep, it should take about this long time. Wow. Third, he asks for letters to the governors along the way, proving he has permission to go. Now, there's thoughtful Mm, thinking. Yeah. And then, oh, the king just adds in army officers to go with. That was pretty cool. Let me add some army officers. This is is so wild. No wonder it makes the Bible. These things don't happen every day. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, goodness. (laughs) That's a big deal. Fourth, he asks for materials. Seriously, he asks the king to requisition lumber from the forest, not only for the walls, but for the gates, and, oh, let's add a house (laughs) for himself. And I need somewhere to live, so I need lumber for that, too. He's going to be gone long enough that he's going to build himself a house. Oh, my goodness. This is so stunning. Yeah. And last, we look at the impossible answer in verse 8 at the very end. And the king granted these requests because the gracious Hmm. hand of God was on me. I love that part. Me It just, too. it's like, whoa, because you see, I don't know, it's so cool. For Nehemiah to have the courage to ask for so much, first to leave, and then for all the materials and be asked, you know, to be gone for the length of time he did, long enough to build a house, <laughs> and for the king to respond so generously, it could have only have come from God, you know, softening the king's heart toward Nehemiah. If Nehemiah was working in his own strength, he may not have been even able to explain why he was sad, you know, without losing his life. His request was so audacious because he knew the power of the God he served. He absolutely did. And he gave God the glory. Yes. He said, because the Lord's gracious hand was on me. Mm. So there was no, well, I prayed about this for months. I planned and I had it, it all well, out, right? right? <laughs> it's all about me. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. This was only God's grace, wow, which yeah. is undeserved favor. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's really what the king gave Nehemiah as well, is yeah. undeserved favor. He's just the cupbearer here. Right. And now he's got like a little army going with him to rebuild the walls yeah. with material and permission crazy. slips, you know? It's right. just so An crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes we have not because we ask not. James mm. says that. Yes. It just seems too big to ask for. Yeah. And yet Nehemiah did. He's like, Lord, those walls are still broken down. All mm. the exiles have returned. It's still a mess. Help me do something about this. And not only just do something about it, Nehemiah was willing to go himself. Yes. Isn't he didn't cool? just present the problem. He, he wanted to be part yeah. of the solution. Yeah. yeah. I love this guy. Yeah. So amazing. <laughs> oh, 
You know, starting a ministry, like we started Sweet Seal Ministries in 2017, is a little bit like that in terms yeah. of audacity. Because it just started with me doing exercise with Lois yeah. and talking about, you know, I, you know, I'm finishing my Moms in Prayer season. I don't know what to do next. And Lois just casually says, well, I think you should start a ministry and I have the name. Oh. I'm like, you do, do you? <laughs> She's like, <laughs> Sweet Seal <laughs> Ministries. I'm like, I love that name. Oh, and neat. we started talking about it. Yeah. And from there has grown this ministry and a Absolutely. podcast and books yeah. and, you know, way more stuff, all because of God's gracious hand mm. being upon us as well. You know, it cool. doesn't happen without him. We pray and we're wise and try to plan, mm. but really the results are only if God chooses to right. say yes. Right. It's just the way it is. I so. Know. I think as a young believer, I just assumed I would ask God and let him work things out, you know? (laughs) But as Nehemiah had to, he did some planning, he was praying, and he stepped out in faith and actually asked the king for the things God had placed in his heart so we too have to do our part, you know, mm-hmm. as the mo- as a mom of four little girls, if I want to be able to do anything outside of survive and keep them alive, <laughs> it takes a lot of planning and organizing yes. so I don't drown, you know, but with that comes presenting all the things to God. And he helps me see um, what are the important things that I need to do right. and what I can push off my yeah, plate. I agree. You know? I agree. We have our part and God does his. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Planning is good as long as we always keep it under his authority Absolutely. to change any plan we make anytime yeah. he wants for any purpose he has. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, same here with the ministry. The podcast itself has so many steps to it and yes. we have to plan them out in the right order for them. Mm-hmm. We choose a topic. We get a photo to go with the episode. We sketch <laughs> out the script. We tape. We edit. We get the transcript done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we actually have a, a process. chart. Yes. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> we check oh, we off. do it. <laughs> so, um, but it's still God's gracious hand that enables us to speak and enables yes. people to hear the parts of this podcast that are for them, Absolutely. from him to them. And without that, it's just words, mm-hmm. you know? We need his gracious hand, so. All right, well, I'm going to now read the next 10 verses, and we're going to admire more planning by yeah. Nehemiah, <laughs> as we've been inspired to be planners ourselves. <laughs> Nehemiah inspects Jerusalem's wall, starting at verse 11. So I arrived in Jerusalem. Three days later, I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. We took no pack animals with us except the donkey I was riding. After dark, I went out through the valley gate, past the jackal's wall, well, and over to the dung gate to inspect the broken walls and burned gates. Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. So, though it was still dark, I went up to the Kidron Valley instead, inspecting the wall before I turned back and entered again at the valley gate. The city officials did not know I had been out there or what I was doing, for I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I had not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or anyone else in the administration. But now I said to them, you know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. They replied at once, yes, let's rebuild the wall. Talk about the gracious hand of God. I know, he moved again. (laughs) So they began the good work. 
But when Samballat, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab heard of our plan, they scoffed contemptuously. What are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king? They asked. I replied, the God of heaven will help us succeed. We, his servants, will start rebuilding this wall. But you have no share, legal right, or historic claim in Jerusalem. Hmm. Well, then. So, okay, Nicole, (laughs) where do you see planning and organizing in this section? Yeah, he's very good at planning. So I like that Nehemiah went out and gathered information on his own, you know, with his own eyes. He saw the state of Jerusalem and the wall so he could relay that information to the officials in the land and so they could start to plan on how to rebuild. Yes. You know, he gathered the facts, gathered the information. He didn't come in bursting and telling everyone his plan. He was still very focus and going about what he needed to do. He was. He was very thoughtful to yes, go out first and look, to not, not just, overwhelm I'm them. so spontaneous that I say things too fast. Oh, same he with wanted me. to I get have, excited. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to have the details. Right. He could have yeah. showed up and like, God gave me this plan. I've got yeah. all this wood, yeah. but he didn't. He was very thoughtful and slow. Mm-hmm. And I think that was so good. He did that. Yes. But I also like that he encouraged them by relating the story of his conversation with the king and how God's gracious yes, hand had been on I him. I love that part. Like, the start of all of this was was Mm -hmm. God, so it kind of showed them, like, I'm here to help and build and kind of, you know, take over this project, but also God has has blessed this. Like, this is all God. Right. The power of testimony. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't just come swaggering in. Right, going, I think I can do this better. Like, God is blessing this, and I've got a plan. (laughs) Y'all, you all cannot believe this. I prayed for six months or five months, and the king did this. Mm. And that brought weight to it, which is why I think they all said, all right, let's do it. Right. You know? He was a man with a plan, and he had the authority of God behind him to to start this. So they they had confidence to trust him. Yeah, I love it. Very, very smart guy. He is. (laughs) This is why, even though he lived a very, very long time ago, we Mm. can learn so much from him. Yes. Including thinking before we speak. Mm, Yes. That's a good one. (laughs) I also love at the end of the chapter how he deals with scoffing and criticism. Mm. Nicole, I have very thin skin. (laughs) I have to work on not letting it get to me when I'm criticized. Mm, Oh, I'm just the same. (laughs) Yes. I was an extremely sensitive child and let every mean remark just rip at my heart. I've had to give so many hurts to God and try to assume the best of people or it really crushes my spirit. Yes, Yes, me too. Me too. We need to learn from Nehemiah here too. He just calmly kind of ignored. He didn't even try to defend. Well, the king so did give me permission. You're right. He doesn't even say that. He didn't argue with them. He just said, you know what? God of heaven's going to help us succeed. And actually, this is not your business. And that was that. It's a very wise response. Yeah. I usually have lengthy, <laughs> you know, sort of five-page dissertations on why I'm right. Oh, yes. And nobody's listening past the first two minutes. No, so, it's that yeah. oldest child in us, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, oh. chapter three in this book continues the organizing, and it's amazing. Mm. So Nicole and I are not going to read the whole chapter to you. Oh, it's so <laughs> detailed and fun, though. You it all is. should read it. Because he names like every single person that worked on the wall. It's yeah. so much fun. But we're each going to select verses that stand out to us and, um, and share them with you. So I'm going to start with the first two verses in chapter three, because that'll give you the idea of, of how he's going about chapter three. Mm. So here's how he starts. <clears throat> then Eliashib, the high priest, and the other priests started to rebuild at the Sheep Gate. They dedicated it and set up its doors, building the wall as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and the Tower of Hananel. People from the town of Jericho worked next to them, and beyond them was Zakur, son of Imri. This is how he does it. 
every single section, he's like, and this person was here, and this person yes. was here. <laughs> but I chose it not only just to sort of introduce chapter three, mm. which is a list of names. I love how he started with the priests. And I especially love that Eliashib, the high priest, was part of the building. So Nehemiah mm. didn't like just, you know, take laborers and make them work. Right. He said, we are going to do it. And I, this is a good leader mm-hmm. who's getting in there, rolling up their sleeves and working with everybody else. No hierarchy. Everyone's pitching in. That's and I also cool. love how the priests dedicated their section. So at the very beginning, you hear the priest is working, he's modeling it, and he's dedicating these walls to the yeah. Lord as he goes along. So I love that a nearby town came in to help. Go, Jericho. And <laughs> yay, Zakur, cool. son of Imri. I don't know who you are, Zakur. <laughs> but he wasn't just a blob. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you hear about the pyramids. You know, tens of thousands of slaves built them, but you don't get their names, right? right? It was a force we have... Zakur's name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good old Zakur said, I will build the <laughs> right wall. Right there, yeah. So here we go. All right, your turn. It's funny because, you know, sometimes a long list of names that, you know, in the sections of the Bible, those are the ones we just skim or skip entirely sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but reading through all these names and their jobs, it was really neat that they were recorded that their names are showing their involvement in the project, you know? It's like you mm-hmm. said about the, the pyramids. The slaves were just made to do it. There was no investment. There was right. no, like, part of a group. They just had to, and they did, and it was done. Yeah, or but they'd be this, dead. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but this reminds me of when they were doing the sanctuary at our church. They had people come and write their name and a verse on the floor before it was carpeted. I loved that so much. Really cool. We built the sanctuary. Yes. Our church built it. Yeah. It was a together yeah. thing. And then there, we have a plaque on the wall as well. It's a giant picture of, of a puzzle. And every little puzzle piece, people have signed their family name. Mm-hmm. And it just shows that like someday that picture will be there. And Sharon Gamble and Nicole Olson were part of the bigger picture, the bigger group it's working for God. I love yes. it. Yes. Yeah. And I love that this section lists everyone. And, and where part. they are, because you know Nehemiah, yeah. it's this part of the wall, Very it's meticulous. that part of the wall. Yes, it's yeah. just pretty cool. Yeah, it is. So, besides that, I'm going to choose five, uh, verse 5, where it says, Next were the people from Tekoa, though their leaders refused to work with the construction supervisors. Man. So I admire the people in this verse for continuing to do what was right, despite their leaders refusing to work well with others. Isn't that that something? They get kind of double credit. They kind of said, well, our leaders aren't doing it. Why should we? Right. They didn't let the lack of leadership stop them from serving God or be an excuse. They just did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. I admire them. That's kind of cool. And I love how Nehemiah mentioned it. I know. Now, he was nice. He didn't mention the leaders' names. Right. But he mentioned the whole details of the yeah, picture. So we yeah. see that it wasn't just this happy-go-lucky, everyone did their part and listen. There were mm-hmm. still struggles in it, and people mm-hmm. continued through mm-hmm. the struggle. That's right. And unlike the slaves that build the pyramids, right. people could not do it if they didn't want to. Right. Because those leaders didn't. Right. So there you go. Yeah. I like that verse. Good yeah. choice. Thanks. Okay, <laughs> here's mine. Verse 8. Next was Uziel, son of Harhiah. <laughs> a goldsmith by trade, who also worked on the wall. And beyond him was Hananiah, a manufacturer of perfumes. They left out a section of (laughs) Jerusalem as they built the broad wall. Nehemiah, did you have to say that? Come on. Wouldn't you love, you know, Sharon and Nicole? (laughs) They did a good job, sort of, but they left out a part of Jerusalem. That is funny. It's so hysterical. But he does mention their profession. Yes. So, you know, if yeah. you're a perfumer and a goldsmith, 
Perhaps you're not the best at geography. I but I assume maybe he was giving them grace by mentioning yeah. their trade. Like, well, he's a perfumer, so yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. not they a builder. Still worked, but, <laughs> but they part, worked. They did something. They did something. <laughs> but part of Jerusalem was not walled. Isn't that so funny? <laughs> I love his bluntness. He's hysterical. Yeah, so. he just recorded the facts as they were. Yeah, you know, yeah. your turn. <laughs> All right. My next verse was verse twelve. Um, Shalom, Shalom, son of Halohesh. And his daughters repaired the next, yeah, repaired the next section. He was the leader of the other half of the district of Jerusalem. I just think it's neat how Shalom's daughters were recorded as I having helped here. Yeah, you know, I love how God makes sure that even those who are not always considered important were still recorded and remembered in this huge project. Yes, his daughters. Yes. You know? Yeah, I love it. And of course, I knew you'd choose that. I actually, <laughs> I left it for you when oh, I was going funny. through it. Because I'm like, oh no, she's got daughters. She's oh. going to go like, yeah. Yeah, I so, loved that. Yeah, and he's another leader working. Yes. So he's another leader working. And his girls are right along right beside along. him. He was modeling that oh, leadership. And daughters. I know, I was very proud of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. My last verse is verse 20. Next to him was Baruch, son of Zabai who zealously <laughs> repaired an additional section oh. from the angle to the door of the house of El- Eliashib, the high priest. Well, how nice of Baruch to do an additional section. I know. He's like, well, let me do more. Yeah, so that's so nice. He was zealous. <laughs> Nicole, I am so not great at zealousness, mm. but I have to say, once I start a project, I can become zealous. And I feel like that's what happened to Baruch. You know, uh, if I have to clean, I, I would rather write a blog or... Yes. Another oh, yeah. <laughs> but once I start cleaning, I notice other things that need cleaning, yes. and I can become quite zealous about mm-hmm. it. It's just that starting thing. It's so true. I yeah. think half the yeah. battle is just getting, like, going on the task. Yeah. Once you're going, it's like, oh, yeah. you get momentum. Yeah. Well, evidently, good old Baruch, he did a whole he going. section. <laughs> <laughs> extra coffee or something. All right. My last verse choice is going to be verse 28. Above the horse gate, the priests repaired the walls. Each one repaired the section immediately across from his own house. I just think this seems like a pretty smart plan, you know, to have each person, or at least the priest here, repair the section in front of their own house. I think it would ensure that the project was well done, since you'd want the wall right in front of your own home to be pretty sturdy and well built. Absolutely. I mean, that's just just smart. (laughs) That's just another clever planning thing. Yeah. Let's have you build as close, I mean, the people from Jericho obviously couldn't, but where there were houses, it sounds like Nehemiah assigned the the people in those houses that yeah. were next to the wall. You're right there. Right work there. on it. Yeah. 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 I don't know. So there like they a cool all are. detail again. He yeah. just thought of so many details. He was a very good organizer and planner. Yeah, he sure was. Mm-hmm. He sure was. Well, if you go and read <clears throat> chapter three, listener, each <clears throat> verse is just like the ones we read out loud. A real person or family did the real work <clears throat> of building a real wall. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone together, different professions and ages and stages. I love that Nehemiah assigned everyone's spots, some by their homes even, mm. and that he cared enough to list them. Yeah. Okay, Nicole, well, how do we apply this? <laughs> this planning, this naming, this organizing to our own lives. You go first and then I'll add because scripture is great as history, but I also always want to say, but what, what can I, how can I live mm, better what does this mean because now? of it? You know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So for in our home, um, with so many different kiddos and people, it's easy to kind of get lost in the shuffle, you know? <laughs> I have a list hung up that tells the girls um, what their place is and what their job is in our homes. So they feel valued and feel like they belong. Yeah. It's yeah. important for them to feel that. Um, it also helps keep me organized. <laughs> I would forget who I told what 
where and when to do, you know. Mm -hmm. So we have habits and patterns, too, in place that we try to stick with. Um, I have certain days we eat certain foods, like, you know, Taco Tuesday or Friday. I love tacos so much. I want to come to your house on Tuesdays. It's so fun. Well, it takes a mundane task that I really dislike, meal planning. I know two days out of the week I don't have to stress because it's Taco Tuesday and Pizza Friday. So I don't know. There's so much value in naming and having a system because everyone knows their place. And if we get off track and forget where we're at, we can always go back to the chart, the planners, the system, the whatever, our habits. Yes. And see where we we'll see what yeah. we need to do. And you know what? Your girls are going to remember those rhythms because I remember a long time ago I spoke for a mops group yeah. and I asked Kath and uh, Mary mm-hmm. what were the things they remembered most. And oh, it was the things we repeated. Oh, neat. It was the things that we did over and over. Oh, that's good to hear. So, isn't that Sometimes you wonder, they free, like, I don't, I have to do this, Mike. We've been doing this every day for four years. <laughs> <laughs> it should not be shocking. Right. When does it kick in? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they did. And like every um, Easter, we always make the hot crust buns. That yes. was one of their favorite memories. That's so sweet. But it was a rhythm. Yes. That's what we did at Easter. Yep. We did it, you know. And Tuesdays, for you know, they'll be 90 and they'll go... Oh, it used to be Taco Tuesday, right. but I have no teeth or whatever. <laughs> I hope so. so. It's just so fun. I love that. It System is, is good. Rhythm yes. is good. People need that, and children need that. They need oh, the sure. security of a pattern. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But so do I. I have rhythms yeah. to my days, too. Oh, good. <laughs> Tell me about them. <laughs> so my prayer life, because I get to have an extended prayer life without having four children and two puppies. Yeah. Um, my prayer life is very systematic, as you know. Yeah, you know, I, I pray that. for one grandchild every day, but I pray in great detail for them or a child or a parent. And um, so I love my prayer schedule. I love how, you know, I pray for persecuted Christians here. I pray for mm. church here. I pray for people that don't know Christ on different days. It's systematic so that I hit all the things I want to hit. Mm. I love awesome. it. I just yeah. love it. So that's a way that I have a system and a plan. And then I have people rhythms because I have so many people I love in my life. (laughs) A long time ago when the girls were little, I realized that even though at that time we lived like an hour away from my parents and raised parents, and you know, normally we didn't live anywhere near them. We were in Germany or New York, but we were in Massachusetts at the time. I wasn't seeing them, you know, Mm. because I was homeschooling and Mm -hmm. then they had Girl Scouts at the time and they had all these little things they were doing. And, and weekends, we were busy, and, mm. and I thought, this is ridiculous. We're here for two years, close to family, and we're right. not seeing them. And so I established Wednesdays as the day, and oh, we just homeschooled smart. around those Wednesdays yes. so we could go and see them on Wednesdays. And oh, we visited, luckily, they lived one town over from each other, so we visited my parents, and then we visited Ray's parents, and oh, they came fun. home. Yeah. That's so so that was a way to prioritize my people, and it's mm. never changed. I still visit my parents on Wednesdays. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that. <laughs> it's been Wednesday since the kids were tiny. Yeah. That's their day, because oh. if I don't schedule my parents, yeah. they get short Trift. I was just going to say, it's so easy for those such important things to get put to the side because just busyness, it yes. squishes out the good stuff it sometimes. It squishes out the things that you actually would say were more important. Yes, but we don't put the, if we don't, but you put it in your calendar and you worked mm-hmm. around it, you right. homeschooled around it, you planned around it. Yeah, because so I decided be it was a priority. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's so important. Yeah. And then I have um, walking partners, a different walking partner every day because oh, I love my friends and I yeah. don't have a ton of time to hang out with friends. Right. But, you know, it, you know, on Mondays I walk with Debbie. And on Tuesdays, I walk with Denise. And on Wednesdays, I walk with Stephanie, you know? So at least I get little snippets of time with my friends. And then not to neglect Ray, I have Friday night date night. I'm, every Friday That's night. perfect. We have our time <laughs> together. So, so, you know, I've just found that for 
for my temperament, mm. I need to plan. And of course, I plan rest yes. as well. I have my Sela day. I have my times where I just stop. So, mm. all right. Well, Nicole, we kind of have two big ideas in this podcast. Planning was one of the ideas, mm-hmm. which Nehemiah did really well at. And people... Um, was one, but the other is also huge, and that's the gracious hand of God, who Mm. often, when we ask, enables us to do impossible things. Hmm. I feel like this podcast was an impossible thing that by His gracious hand came into being. The building of our team was. When we ask and seek Him, He often does amazing things and provides in stunning ways. Mm. I've shared before how God provided for our financial needs when Ray retired from the Army and taught at a Christian school. Yes. We asked for impossible things, you know, help us live on $40,000 less a year, and we did. did. So stunning. So have you got a last impossible story of God's gracious hand to finish out our podcast today? Oh, I feel like I felt his hand on every one of our, our girls' births. Yes. We really didn't think we could have kids in the beginning of our marriage because of my various health issues. And two of my pregnancies were really scary. Yeah. But so I feel, I felt God's grace and blessing on each one. I see my, my girls, my four beautiful, healthy girls, and yes. I'm so blessed by them. And I yeah. see God's hand in them. In that impossible thing. In that impossible thing that I almost Praise didn't God. dare to hope for. And then yeah. four. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here they are. <laughs> here you go. Bounty. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's neat. Well, let's close out with a thankful prayer. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you um, for the lessons here about naming people, making them matter, Um, the lessons about planning, the lessons about at least asking you for improbable, impossible things. Mm. Lord, help us to take to heart the part of this podcast that is just for us today. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, friends, we'd like to close today by asking you your name. Do you listen regularly to our podcast? What do you do while you listen? We have one podcast friend who sits and spins wool while she listens each week. How sweet is that? <laughs> Please drop us a comment at our website, sweetstila.org slash podcast, and tell us your name. We'd love to get to know you and your story. If you want to become a podcast partner and establish an even closer connection, go to sweetsela.org slash donations and set up a monthly account. Give as little as a dollar a month and you put podcast partner on the comments line. We will share monthly news with you so you can get to know us better. In any case, may the gracious hand of God be with you as you seek him in your planning and living out the life he has for you. We'll see you next week for episode 56, Opposition and How to Handle It. We are so glad you stopped for a while with us. The Sweet Sela Moments podcast is a cooperative production of Word Radio and Sweet Sela Ministries. More information about this podcast can be found at sweetsela.org. Thank you for joining us.